What's up, Military Millionaires? I'm your host, David Perret, and today with me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Alex Felice, and we've got Mike Cavagioni from Average Joe Finance, and, uh, well, we are going to talk about finances today. So Mike is a Navy, well, I guess technically veteran-ish, kind of, as of by the time this comes out, almost he's technically on skill bridge right now. So he's still active duty for a couple more months, but he's on the, uh, the twilight of his tour. Uh, he is a financial advisor. He's a realtor. He's financially independent. And, uh, we are going to talk about money and becoming financially independent. And so he's, uh, runs a top 1% podcast about money. He's been featured on Yahoo finance and NBC and Fox and a whole bunch of other stuff. And, uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. So Mike, thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the military millionaire podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families, how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Vehicle 1, you're clear to depart friendly lines. Roger, Vic 1, Oscar Mike. Hey guys, if you're looking to take your investing, business, life, or just yourself to the next level, then I have something for you. The War Room Real Estate Military Mastermind Group is a mastermind group that meets weekly in small groups of five to six people to help you hold yourself accountable and really experience that growth. But we also have a monthly guest speaker that we bring in, and we've had guest speakers that talk about mindfulness, taxes, we're bringing in somebody to talk about marketing. We bring in very specific topics that will adhere to very broad, any any kind of real estate investing or investing or entrepreneurship that you want to do, and we'll really help you out. We let you ask these speakers questions and get very personal with them. And then back to the small groups, weekly accountability for what you're trying to achieve and just being surrounded by like-minded people. And they say your network is your net worth. I know that's an overused phrase, but I recommend that you check it out. So just shoot an email to wrmastermind at gmail.com. Once again, that's wrmastermind at gmail.com. And we'll send you some more information. Hey, David, thanks for having me on. I, I want to clarify one thing, though. I am not a financial advisor, Oh, well. a financial coach. I'm sorry. So I'm sure there's some kind of fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. There's always <laughs> I forget about the stupid criteria inserts and whatever else that that's right. My bad. <laughs> Nonetheless, welcome. All good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Mike, how long have you been doing average Joe finances? Uh, about two and a half years. Uh, well, about two years and a couple months for the podcast and about three years for the blog. I love it. And it's, uh, it's grown. It sounds like it's grown tremendously. Good for you. It, the last year and a half. Yes. Uh, it took, it took a little while, uh, for the blog really didn't do much, but once I started the podcast about six months into it, that's when it actually started blowing up. Actually, as soon as I started outsourcing and not doing everything myself, that's actually when it started to pick up the pace. Can you go into that? Because actually I just, I'm about to launch a new podcast and it's the first time I've ever outsourced one. Uh, thanks to David actually. Uh, and I get to do the part that I'm good at, which is just, you know, charm people's little pants off. And then somebody else gets to do the part they're good at, which is make me sound charming on the internet. Uh, yeah. So, um, what I did initially was I found a podcast editing service, 
uh, to go ahead and actually edit my podcast and take care of all the stuff that was taking up too much of my time. Uh, because while doing this, while I was on active duty, it was a lot, right? Uh, I'd record a couple episodes and to get one episode out a week, I mean, I was editing at least eight hours to try to get the episode where I wanted it to be uh, for prime time. And Dude, people, I didn't really have a spare eight hours during the week. People grossly yeah. underestimate how much editing that podcast takes. They grossly you underestimate the production. cared about your really? podcast yeah. so much more than I have ever cared about any <laughs> listener that has ever listened to this show. I have never put that much effort into I don't think I've spent eight hours editing. If you put all 200 podcasts that have ever been produced for this entire, I'm sorry, listeners, but that's why he there's gets a more reason that I, there's a reason that I pay, have paid editors from like day one. <laughs> I, you know, but I wish I did from day one. Um, you I, know, I was, I was putting in all this effort for my like three or four listeners that I had at the time when I first started, it was probably like my cousin and like my brother, um, but probably not because, you know, family, they don't really listen to, uh, to your podcast. Right. So, um, yeah, it was, it was just a lot of effort, a lot of work. And I realized that, uh, I was starting to get burnt out and I'm like, I, I, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Um, so let me start looking at other options. And I've heard other people talk about outsourcing and hiring VAs and all this other good stuff. And I said, okay, I'm going to check this out. So I, I hired an editing team, uh, and basically just got to record the content upload it to them, let them do their thing, and then it gets posted and I don't have to do anything else. Um, I now have my own personal um, EA that takes care of everything for me. Um, I just record the content, give it to her. Um, she'll get it to the editors. She'll go back and forth and make sure everything's good. And I'm doing two episodes a week now instead of one. And it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like magic. You know, I just get to do like, like what you said, do what I love to do and record the content and then kind of just wash my hands of it. And uh, that that's freed up a lot of my time. Uh, so it made it easier uh, as I started to near the end of my time in the Navy uh, to pick up other things and, and uh, do things that I wanted to do and spend more time with my family. Um, I thought that was uh, pretty essential. In, so. the, in the name of efficiency, you want to know why I like Riverside so much now that we've started using it recently? You said what you do is you record and then you give it to your EA and then she gives it to your editor and whatever with, we were doing the same thing. I would record on zoom and then I would upload the file to Google drive and then I would send that to my editor and then whatever, uh, with Riverside, when you record to the studio, there is just a permanent link and my editor has that link. And so my editor can just go and get the files. And so anytime an ep episode is recorded, I just text my editor and say, we recorded today. And or at this point, my editor just knows every Wednesday I record. And so my editor can just go and get whatever they need. And I don't even have to download or upload. It's wonderful. Saves me. I don't even have to send them a file anymore. It saves me, you know, you're selling all, me on it. All of the like <laughs> two minutes it takes to upload to the Google Drive, but I'm lazy. <laughs> All right. Do you have an affiliate link with Riverside? If I do it, I'll, I'll use yours because, uh, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Maybe, it, you know, I, I've been looking, I've been looking at doing, uh, something else besides zoom. Cause I feel like zoom zoom's great. It's just the, the quality sometimes is not the greatest, even with the nice equipment that I have to record. It, it does, it doesn't always give you like the best quality, uh, you know, product. So no, the, the audio video quality for Riverside is definitely better. Yeah. I think if you pay too, you can get true 1080. Uh, I think there's a way you can get even higher than that. 
uh, if you pay for Riverside, where I do not believe Zoom will give you true 1080. I think the best you can get is 720. No, and, yeah, and lower audio quality too. Uh, you can get true like 44 hertz or whatever it is on Riverside. Dude, Zoom like had the right. had the chance to to dominate the world in 2020 and just really just did nothing with it. Sorry, they spent their time worried about security, which I mean I guess is important, but they could have also captured the quality side. All right, sorry, Mike. Um, keep going about keep yeah, going no on about this. Yeah, I want to hear more because I'm doing the same thing right now, so I want to take all your ideas and use them for myself. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so now, well, now uh, with my VA who pretty much does everything for me. As a matter of fact, before I hired this VA, there was two people that I reached out to and asked questions uh, regarding VAs. One of them is is on this with us right now, and that was David. I, I sent him a message on Facebook Messenger, asked him how he did it. I talked to him and um, uh, Jonathan Farber about uh, using VAs, right? And what's the best way to find a good quality one? Uh, because I went out on my own and tried to get one and I hired that person and it was more pain than it was anything else. So um, the advice that I got from these two gentlemen was to go to Upwork and create my job that I want, you know, create the actual application. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I want it to grow into. Basically like, hey, you're going to grow with me type deal. So I, I put everything out there like the exact description of everything that's required. Uh, and I'll let people apply. And within the first three hours, I had like uh, 28 people apply. I narrowed it down to five. And I kind of really screened those ones hard. I knocked one more off. And then I interviewed four people. And out of the four, this this one just stuck out to me. And she's been absolutely amazing. Um, she runs my schedule. She runs uh, she, she runs my, she takes care of all my emails and stuff. She screens, uh, podcast guests that are coming on the show for me. Um, cause I get multiple emails with requests for people to come on the show. Uh, and half the time, you know, some of them, you know, they, they don't even qualify to come on the show really because the stuff they want to talk about is not related to what I discuss on the podcast. So she kind of helps me with the, the saying no part, which, uh, which sometimes can be hard, right? Uh, but you have to do it. Uh, so that, she, you know, she'll forward me the ones that are good and I'll screen them and say, okay, yeah, let's, let's book them. And then she'll take care of all that. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty nice. What's that cost you? Ish. <laughs> all right. I don't want to. Yep. I understand. So I was paying, I was paying a dollar per hour uh, price for this, but I recently <clears throat> pulled her off Upwork and now pay her a monthly salary. Um, but I will tell you that it is less than a thousand dollars a month. Awesome. So awesome. Yes. Yeah. But you know, I know we, we in America, we sometimes feel bad saying that, but in other countries that can still, that's a great living wage. So you know. well, she she is in the Philippines, yeah. and uh, you know she's she's been able to move into a new apartment with her and her mom and get a nicer place. You guys are typical, um, but it's not only it's capitalist exploitative <laughs> pigs. And it's, it's disgusting. It's, <laughs> no, it's not only that. It's not only that from from the payments that I've given her because I give her bonuses too, right? I, I'll give her a bonus at Christmas time. I'll give her a bonus, you know, uh, other times throughout the year, but. Um, she even told me, she's like, Hey, as I'm going through your stuff and I'm sending this off to the editors, you know, I listen to your podcast and she's like, I started buying some land out here in the Philippines and renting it out to rice paddy farmers. And I'm like, what? So she's like, yeah, she's got an income now from renting out land. 
uh, which I thought was absolutely amazing. Um, kind of brought a little tear to my eye. And I said, you know, one day I'm going to have you on the podcast when you, you know, come on and say, hey, I own half the Philippines. And, um, you know, that's to me, to me, that meant more than anything else. Um, I wonder just if there's the an opportunity for you to she like, actually is going through my stuff. Yeah. So sorry. So sorry. I wonder if there's an opportunity yeah. for you to like microfinance some of her deals and then you can make money together and, and do some international <laughs> real estate. And that way you kind of both Maybe. win. Yeah. I'll talk to her about it. Like, Hey, if you need, if you need money to buy more of this land, cause she actually, she had this money saved up for like travel and everything. And she's like, I decided she's like, after listening to a couple of your episodes, she's like, I decided to take that money instead of going on travel and doing this other stuff that I wanted to do and blowing it. I bought land that's making me more money that I can move into a nicer place and then still do that travel later on. So I was like, good for you. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. The girl who does my uh, like graphic design and transcription sometimes, I mean, she's super part-time, but uh, I started her at 25% more than what she was asking because I felt bad about what she was asking. And then I gave her a raise and it's still like, I don't think it's $4 an hour yet. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to give her another raise soon almost because I just feel guilty, but she's, she's like, can I do more work for you? Like, I want to come full time. I'm like, I don't have any more work to give you, but you know, it's, they, I mean, yeah, it's it just was, cost of living. It was kind of like there. the same thing that there was like, I, I couldn't really give her full time work with the stuff. The, Cause the stuff I need to do is like menial things, take a couple hours, maybe at tops a day, maybe two, three hours a day, honestly. Um, and, paying her $5 an hour, I just felt like, you know, I, I, it, it didn't feel right. So I said, how about we put you on a salary and, and we kind of increase the responsibilities and do a little bit more of this and that. Um, and now she's, she's also doing a lot of my social media management as well. Actually, she does all my social media management. Most of the stuff you see on my social media isn't me. It's actually my VA taking care of all that, um, unless it's a personal post for me. Um, but then like she makes me like Instagram reels and TikTok videos and all that stuff. Um, and then we use this app called Postly, where she could post all my social media at once. Um, I'm, I'm a big AppSumo, AppSumo guy. Um, I can go there and spend all my money. It's kind of sickening. I have to stay away from it. But um, AppSumo has so many like great pieces of software you can use for different things like that. So the social media management piece um, has been awesome by using that platform. The only issue with it is that um, she can't post to my TikTok because I get shadow banned. Uh, because it says, hey, why did you just post in Hawaii and now you're posting in the Philippines? Like it, it picks that up. So even when she used a VPN, it still shadow banned me. So now she just schedules it um, through Postly and then it'll send me a notification to my phone. And all I got to do is hit post and that's it. So is is that why my TikTok engagement just plummeted when I traveled to Peru? Probably. Yeah. Man, I went from – I. That makes so much sense because I was like, what just happened? Like I literally just dropped off the face of the earth for engagement. Mm. Good to know. All right. Okay, well, Mike, at least I'm back. Let me ask you the next question because there's probably a lot of people listening. They have um, – they want to do a podcast, right? I'm just starting a new podcast and uh, I don't know how I'm going to monetize it. So that sounds really cost effective to have somebody do all the content marketing, all the editing, all the uploading, con reels, all these things. But – Okay, how do you make money with it? <laughs> Making money with a podcast is actually very difficult, um, but it could also be very easy depending on what your niche is and what you're doing, right? So, um, you know, particularly in the personal finance niche or 
uh, real estate niche or anything like that, investing, uh, you know, there's there's ways to make money by, you know, offering your services that you offer. So, you know, my financial coaching and everything, I've gotten clients through my podcast. I've actually gotten, I'm also a licensed real estate agent out here in Hawaii. I've gotten actual clients through my podcast. Um, but I also do uh, affiliates, right? So um, programs that I believe in, um, stuff that I use. Uh, you know, uh, we all met Adam at, uh, well, actually, you met Adam several times, David, right? At, at FinCon as well. Uh, but Adam Carroll at um, at RubeCon, you know, and I, I do an affiliation with uh, Shred Method because uh, I use it myself. I absolutely love it. I do velocity banking. Uh, I've been using my HELOC now for a little while to invest and buy more real estate. Um and uh, while I'm chunking it down, it's been really awesome. Um, so yeah, so I have affiliates with that. And I just run like small ads on my podcast. I've had people pay me for ad space. Um, other coaches and things, they'll say, hey, I'd like to run an ad on your your um, podcast for like five weeks. And they'll pay me. Um, so I'm like, yeah, sure. And I'll record a, a, a uh, ad and I'll throw it on there. Uh, Buzzsprout recently just started a beta program, which is now live. Uh, actually, so it's no longer a beta. Uh, where they advertise other podcasts on your podcast and they pay you. Um, and it's not much, but I, I'm making consistently a, a little over a hundred dollars a month just from the Buzzsprout ads. Um, and I've asked people, I'm like, Hey, when you listen to my show, is there a lot of, cause they'll, they'll randomly put it in, right? They find a good spot where it fits and they'll put it in. So I've asked other people like, Hey, when you're listening to my episodes, is it spammy? Like, is it a lot of, a lot of these ads popping up? They're like, no, like we heard like one and it was fine. So, and they're, and they're generally pretty quick. I try to keep my ads, uh, you know, at the maximum a minute or under. Um, I don't like to go over that because I'll usually run two around the mid-roll time. So, but that's, that's what I've done to monetize my podcast. It, you know, it pays for itself. It pays for my uh, VA. Like none of that comes out of anything else that comes straight out of the podcast funds. Good to hear. Yeah. You need to teach David how to do some of that because... The best thing he's ever done for this podcast was ask me to be a co-host. Everything else, <laughs> eh, average. Yeah, I'm the worst. No, I said average. We're coming up on 200 episodes, though. Oh, man. That's awesome accomplishment. Like, for real. Because when I hit 100, I was ecstatic. So 200, I can't imagine. We're going to have to get some so. awesome guests on, like Joe Biden. That'll get clicks. Andrew Tate. That'll get oh, oh god. Yeah. Uh, god talking about being shadow banned on on TikTok, it'll just be banned <laughs> in general. Oh man, yeah. All right, so uh, let's see. What do we what do we want to talk personal finance side, Mike? What are your what are your uh, favorite topics in that world? Finance coach life. Well, I mean, I like to focus on what I call the four pillars of building wealth, right? And uh, the things I like to talk about is education, which is the first pillar, right? Um, I don't think anybody should go into any type of personal finance journey or investment journey or real estate or anything like that uh, without first educating themselves. Um, sure, sometimes it's good to just get in there and make it happen and, and learn as you go. Uh, but a lot of times, especially, you know, as uh, real estate investors, uh, that, that becomes an expensive education, right? When you, when you have to do that stuff yourself and, uh, you wind up, uh, making mistakes that you got to pay for, right? So I think education is, is the number one most important thing that you need to start with. Um, the next thing is mentorship and coaching. Um, 
I have a coach. I use coaches. Um, I pay my coaches. I think it's important. Uh, they keep me accountable. They keep me on track to do what I need to do. I have a coach right now for uh, being a real estate agent, right? And she yells at me all the time that I'm not doing enough in that and stop focusing on this other bull crap. So um, coaching is important. I have some really great mentors as well. There is a difference. And a lot of people don't realize that there is a difference between a coach and a mentor, right? Uh, you're not paying for a mentor. A mentor is somebody that you look up to that's going to inspire you and motivate you. But a coach is somebody that you're going to pay that's going to hold you to be accountable, right? And and push you in the right direction, Um so I, I think it's important that people know the difference between them as well. Uh, the third one is networking and relationships. And this is probably the pillar that I focus on the most is building my network and building strong relationships with people. It's, it's one thing to network and get out and meet and greet people. That's great. That's fine and dandy. But you need to build relationships. You need to actually follow up with people, ask them how their family's doing and all of that. Because if, if you don't, it's just, a, oh, yeah, I know that guy. You know, we're acquaintances. I don't want people to think of me as an acquaintance. I want people to think of me, oh, no, Mike, he's a good guy. He's my friend. You know, that's the way I want people to you know look at me when they think about me. Uh, and then the fourth pillar, which is the most important one out of all of them, is take action. So all those other three pillars mean nothing if you don't take action. So those are the four pillars that I focus on. That's what I, uh, that's, that's what I like to do. So, yeah. Most of our guests are young service members. Um, as you can probably imagine. Like yeah. Yeah. Uh, I said young, young. I said young, sorry. young, yeah. young, most of our, uh, 30, most, 38. most of our listeners probably can't grow a beard even if the military let them. <laughs> Um, that's fair. So one of the things we try to do, uh, we used to do it probably more consistently was say, Hey, like, what would you say to a young 18 year old E nothing? You know, that was a, a kind of a standard question that we, we don't really do anymore, but it seems fitting for your background. What would you say to an 18 year old E nothing? Sure. Like, Hey, how do you, how do you go from, how do you convince them not to buy a Mustang and to invest? Because it, that's a tough, that's a tough yeah. ask. I'll tell them the same thing that I tell uh, the young sailors that, that I served just as recently as an XO over at Pack Fleet. Um, and that was, you know, hey, you need to invest in your TSP, right? You need to take that seriously. Same, same thing probably that David would tell them, right? Um, but right now, with, with the way the blended retirement system is, is you know, you have this uh, opportunity where you're going to get a match. So even if you just invest a certain amount, you're going to get at least four percent back right no matter what they match the um, no matter what it's yeah they they match it now with the blended retirement system um there is no more pension like what i got i got up grandfathered into that yeah oh it's up to five okay Dude, yeah that's actually, i think it's like they'll, that's actually fascinating because if you think about it that means you get a that means you get a hundred percent return up to five percent instantly there's nowhere else it's in the world. Fun, yeah, I think once once you hit four, they'll match one percent up to four percent, and then I think you have after four uh, percent, like when you put in five percent, they'll put another half, and then when you put six percent, they'll put another half. So that'll get you up to five. So that'll put you up to eleven, but you're only in, in putting in six yourself, and you're at eleven percent already. There's no other. I mean, it's easy money. There's no there's no other way to get that kind of return at such and a low risk. Yeah, and it's guaranteed. And it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Now, now they put it in traditional, they don't put it in the Roth, right? So if you're investing in the Roth, um, this, this match is going to go in traditional, but whatever, it's free money, it's, right? It's a race. So I would say at a minimum, at a minimum, invest that 6%, 
so that you're getting that 5% match no matter what. Well, um, the, the beautiful and, thing is that yeah. let's say you invest that 6% and it went to zero, right? Like the stock market went to zero on that. You would still be, I mean, it, like it's, it would essentially be, I mean, you can't, yeah, I don't know. It's it's basically impossible to lose that money. It that part like it's yeah. It's I mean, it's, come it's, back. it's it's free. free. Yeah. I mean, even if even if you just left whatever they matched in the G fund, so it doesn't you don't have to worry about it. Which I would never recommend anybody to stay in the G fund. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's because a- I did that for my first thirteen years in and didn't realize um, until I actually you know got educated on this stuff. So uh, like when you say like what would you say to a young E one E two you know, same thing. If you're in TSP, don't sit there and put everything in the G fund. You're young right now. Take the risk. Get in C, get in S. Um, you know, even if you don't want to really like manage it too much yourself, then get in a life cycle fund, which I, I'm not really a big fan of. Um, but it's a lot better than being in the G fund, right? Um, the other thing too, don't go out and, and buy a brand new car. Go buy a beater. Go buy something that works that'll get you to, from point A to point B, um, especially for the folks that are out here in Hawaii because where I'm at right now, like – you know, you buy a car and you're living in the barracks, you, you don't have a paycheck anymore, right? It's, it's that bad. So um, stay away from that if you can. Actually, if you don't have to buy a car at all, if you're living in the barracks and you can walk to work, then walk to work or get a bike, right? Save that money. Um, now, it, it's easier said than done. I could sit here and have a conversation with somebody over and over and over again. It, it doesn't mean that it's going to stick. Um, but one of the things I like to do is show them, you know, hey, look, if you do this, this is what you're potentially uh, like in the future. This is what it'll look like. This is what compound interest is. This is what this can become if you're consistent and stick with it. Where if you go and buy your car and you're only investing this much now, you know, look at the difference. And I, I'll show them like a comparison. You buy the car that's 500 bucks a month or you're investing that extra 500 bucks a month. Here's the difference in what it's going to look like in 20 years, right? And the other beautiful thing about this, this new blended retirement system, which I wish they had it when I joined, and I wish I knew what I knew now, um, because I probably wouldn't have stayed in for 20 years. Uh, honestly, probably could have got out after 10 because I would have enough saved up and put away in that TSP that I would be comfortable with where I'm at. You know, it's it's um, it's it's pretty nice because you can essentially do 10 years and quote unquote retire if you do it the right way. So it's a thing of beauty. Yeah, that's why I always recommend service members, you know, put a bunch in that TSP right off the bat. Yeah, I did not save when I was in the military at all. I was an idiot. And that's why I'm so thankful to do this podcast to help other people make the same mistakes I did. I've done okay for myself, but like I would be way, 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 way farther ahead if I had just as simple as the TSP. Just done it. Sucked that money away. I would have never, I don't know what I spent the money on. So I know I wouldn't have missed it. But I know if I had some savings, some of that money that compounded, it's like such an easy win. Or if somebody would have just had that conversation with you. Well, right? um, the problem is somebody did have the conversation with me and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to be rich for some reason. I'm, I don't need to worry about money. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Whatever, whatever you say. Yeah. I'm Man, for me, good. it's, I kick myself like Mike did. Cause mine, I was contributing to the TSP at like eight, 10, 12%. Like I got that part, right. They just never talked to me about, moving it out of the G fund and I joined in 08. So 08 through 2013, my money sat in bonds. And if I had just moved it into the funds that I'm in now, 
I did the math once. Like I would have had double, if not triple, the money in there just by changing the fund. If anyone had sat down and said, "Hey, idiot, put it in stocks instead of bonds," yeah, S and P five hundred, and it's like the math on that is you know a hundred thousand, hundred and fifty thousand dollars more in there from just knowing that difference. It's kind of crazy. But and you mind know. you, that's with the corrections that that have happened, right? That's not even trying to time the market. That's with it going up and dipping and going up and dipping. That's where you would have been at. That's the crazy thing. A lot of people are like, well, you know, what happens if I invest everything in there and the stock market drops? It happens all the time. But look at the trends since the stock market's like since they've been tracking it. Like, I mean, you see the the candlestick bars, right? It's going up, 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 up. You got to and then you got to dip, right? It goes up, 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 up. You got to dip. It always winds up above where that dip is, and it always winds up higher where it was before it dipped. It always does. So it's, yeah, it's kind of silly not to be in it. And I say that when I don't invest too much in the stock market, I focus mostly on real estate. Um, But I I do, I play around a little bit in there, and I do have some funds. Like I have have some stuff for my kids. I have these accounts set up um, that's strictly in index funds and you know, that's, that's what I have set up for them right now. And it's, and that's building up pretty nicely. They have probably more money than I do, honestly, when it comes to liquidity. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think something like that's important. I didn't do a, you know, anything, I didn't do any college funds or five to nine or anything like that. Um, I just put everything in mutual funds and index funds for them, uh, which actually I'm probably going to pull it all out of mutual funds because I'm paying hella fees right now. Um, and, uh, just, and just manage it myself because, you know, uh, I just don't want to pay those fees anymore. Yeah. Uh, the G fund, Alex, is government-backed securities. It's basically bonds, and it's the fund I to- that- I totally ignored Alex. I'm sorry. That's all good. The, uh, it's, it's essentially um, – it's the fund that when the TSP originated, that's where your funds started. So unless you changed your allocation, they started your allocation in bonds because it it's impossible to lose money. But traditionally, it earns one to two and a half percent. And it, you know, so you can't lose. So they would always put your money there because they didn't want service members to be like, oh, you lost my money, but you wouldn't earn, right? Um, You know, you would barely keep up with inflation. Um, And so that's great if you're 60, but it's what we run into is most service members didn't know that and weren't taught that. And so all these service members who were 18 were like, oh, I was contributing to my TSP for 15 years and never moved it into a fund that matched the S&P 500. So I contributed and earned almost no return on their money. Um, now, with the, when they changed it to the blended retirement system and the matching and all the other stuff, uh, it now goes to a life cycle that correlates to the year that you turn – 60, 65. Um, so it'll adjust from aggressive to uh, less aggressive as you get older. The return's not as good as if you were to do like I'm 75% in the C fund and 25% S fund, which is like S&P 500. Uh, so it's not as aggressive as mine, but it's still much better than the G fund. So uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a better setup, but you can do better managing yourself, but it's better than you know it was. So yeah, yeah. I for, for the very little that I oh oh I understand why they would do that because they don't want to be the opposite you know the, the military's got a PR problem here right if they end up put, putting all your money mm-hmm. in the stock market and then you get out and it's 2008 and you lose it all they're like you screwed me right so they just default to something safe makes sense 
Yeah. Uh, and I was going to say like, uh, you know, my current allocation for the little bit that I have left in there, because I, I pulled some of my TSP out in December of 2020 when they allowed for that, um, for the COVID relief, you were able to pull some out. I actually pulled it out and invested in a, in a syndication. Um, so the uh, the little that I have left, though, I do 60% uh, C, 30% S, and 10% I. So that's the way I have it currently set up. I just just to get a little bit of that international market. Um, but yeah, like I said, there's not much in there. Um, I'm probably going to liquidate it uh, once I officially retire um, because I can't even contribute to it anymore. I actually just did something I swore I would never do. I just took a loan. I, on your TSP? Yeah, I never thought I'd take a loan on it. Um, it's it's <coughs> actually a great thing to take a loan on. Yeah, I mean, I'm paying like 2.3% or something like that. So yeah, uh, but I had I had some renovation. I had a renovation go pretty bad over budget. So I, I pulled it to finish the renovation. And then as soon as I sell the house, I'll pay the loan back and move on. So there are worse ways to do it uh, and more expensive ways to finish the renovation, but definitely not my ideal scenario. But, you know, it's it's nice resource to have available. Bro, real estate investor life is broke, stressed, and then rich, and then broke and stressed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, I've got all these lines of credit. Oh, I don't have these lines of credit. Oh, wow, I've got all these lines of credit. Oh, nope. I don't have these lines of credit. Yeah. I need to sell a house. Oh, no, never mind. I'm good. Yeah, that's my life. Like, wow, I'm a millionaire. Oh, wait, no, I don't have any money to buy lunch. Yeah. All my money is in um, on paper. In reality, I'm I'm broke. I love it, though, actually, because it keeps me it's like, oh, well, at least I'm not buying sunglasses and bullshit. You got this awesome fourplex that would cash flow great if it wasn't boarded up. Got squatters in it. It did. Mike, um, I'm I'm having to deal with insurance right now to try to convince them that it is their problem. Mike, did you go to FinCon? I did not. Have you been before? No, I had my in-laws here in town with me, I, and I have not been. No, I was actually hoping to go for the first time this year, um, but my in-laws like literally were here until like right before, so I couldn't justify leaving. Plus, right now, technically, I can't leave the island while I'm in Skillbridge, so... Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of tough. Who are you doing Skillbridge? I wanted for? to go there and I wanted to go to BPCon. So, uh, I'm I'm doing Skillbridge with my brokerage. Um, I've already got my real estate license, but I'm just doing it with the uh, the team that I'm that I'm with. Huh, that's cool. Not gonna make it to BPCon either, then, huh? No, I really wanted to. Um, I was actually try- I was trying to get it to where my my team would sponsor me going there um, as a work trip, and then I'd be able to go. Um, but that didn't really work out because they also have their conference at the same exact time. Um, so, yeah. Alex, you're going to be. I can go right? to that one. Say again. I uh, just being a hard. Am I going to be? You're going to be Pecan, right? Are you? Yes. Uh, are you working it this year? I am working it this year. Yeah, of course. They don't. They don't have anybody better. Although yeah. I am, I am going for free. I am. They did. They did comp my ticket as a. You there know, you go. Podcast host. Woo. Nice. That's my favorite price. Did they uh, pay for your hotel? Uh, no, but they gave me a pretty sweet discount on it. So I win. Whatever. I, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, but you're having to work. I don't have to do anything. You know what? If I'm take if I'm if I'm taking pictures, I'm not working, baby. No. 
I'm not even going to anything. I'm I'm gonna end up at like GoBundance stuff half the time. We've got a there's like fifty GoBros going, and they uh, we all pitched in like four hundred bucks and rented a yacht for one night, and then rented out a steakhouse for another night. And so I'm gonna be hanging out there instead of GoBundance or instead of BP for half the time. That seems dope, Mike. What's um? I just saw you. I just saw your pictures from Maui, man. They were awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty amazing at what I do. Thank you. <laughs> and so humble about it too. It's my humility that makes me so great. In fact, it's 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 wonderful. It's a thing of beauty. What's uh? What's next for you, Mike? I mean, it, I it, love is, the it is hard to make Maui look good. So so hard. Well, it depends on what part you're at, because actually some parts can it can be difficult to make look good. Yeah. Especially with how dry it is right now. Uh, it is difficult because you have to drive like four hours north to get a sunrise. So I could only get sunsets. And then because I was at these events, um, interestingly enough, there's like a bunch of dead spots for droning. So you can't put your drone up because of uh, runways and whatnot. So I couldn't do as much droning as I would have liked. And also, I'm not that good. So it was hard, but it was a lovely event. Mike, uh, the podcast is going well. You're about to get out, uh, in, you know, finally. What um what are you gonna do full time? You gonna work at the brokerage? Yep, full time. Uh, right now, I'm I'm a full time real estate agent. Um, and you know, doing my own thing with the the coaching, um, also the podcast, and uh, I'm actually hosting my first in person meetup this evening, um, out at uh at in Waipahu at the Align Mortgage Building. They're letting me use their education center, um, which could fit up to forty five people, which is perfect. I got about I think like twenty eight to thirty signed up. So pretty excited about that. Should be a good get together. Um, they don't know it yet what I'm doing, but I'm going to do, uh, I'm actually going to do investor speed dating. So I'm going to make everybody kind of you know, swap up with everybody every seven minutes. And you got seven minutes to talk to each other and make it happen. So that could yeah, either really be excited awesome or go terrible, depending yeah, on we'll, we'll, how everybody we'll find out. is. <laughs> we'll find out. It's going to be so. great for the extroverts and it's going to be a nightmare for the introverts. Yeah, if I got paired up with Alex right away, I'd just leave. <laughs> yeah, you'd leave because you'd be like, oh, I can never outcompete this guy. I might as well not even try. That's exactly oh, it. Wow. Like, wow, that hair. <laughs> I'm I'm just I can't I can't hang. I I'm out. Yeah, I, that's why I got my hat on. You know, I'm I'm pretty much bald. So I've got a little bit up top, but yeah. Does this make you people feel better? If I wear a hat, does this make you feel better? Yes. I, my confidence, this just, you know, it just went up a little bit. Thank you. You know what? Appreciate That's that. what I do for people. I give them, I'm, I'm, I give them confidence. You're welcome. I just got to get the lighting and the, the red and the beard comes out. And then I got the, I look, you know, that's all it takes for me. Uh, so everybody who's listening, if you go to Facebook and you see the pictures of David in his like sweater and his hoodie, and he's on that, what are you on a donkey? And uh, Machu Picchu, this dude, <laughs> this dude is like a whole other vibe right now. I was like, that guy looks like a Sherpa. Like he does not look like a, uh, <laughs> he does not I look am like a so fucking happy in that photo though. That yeah. is the greatest. Oh my God. That trip was so much fun. Yeah. I love that for you. Cause that picture is like your, your version of John took this picture of me with my camera kneeled over um, on the rocks at rain safari beach in Iceland. And it, it's a similar, not a similar vibe, but like, you know, you were in your zone. I was in my zone. It felt, I don't know. It was good to see you there. Yeah, man. It was fun. It was, yeah. Mike, you, tra you travel? Uh, a little bit. You know, I've, most of it was forced by the Navy. Uh, but now I'm, I'm looking to do some more travel with my family now that, uh, now that I'm retired. Once, once uh, 
December hits and I'm officially out, we're looking to do a couple things. Uh, we're planning a trip to Greece right now because um, we have family there. So we want to go visit them. And uh, there's a couple places I want to go visit as well. Um, I hear Guatemala is nice go in December. Guatemala? Yeah, never, never been there. Uh, but we want to go. We want to take a trip to um, Guatemala. No, not, not to Guatemala. <laughs> sure. Uh, one, Alex one and I go might Belize. be hosting an event in Guatemala in December that you should come to. Oh, for real? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just shameless. I'm just shamelessly plugging it, but uh, we're we're doing a event, uh, community driven event for. Uh, it, I guess it's kind of oriented towards uh, real estate investors, but it's not a content thing at all. It's just that's kind of who our uh, audience is. But we're hiking a fourteen thousand foot volcano. We're gonna sleep up there and then watch it flow at night watch the lava roll it's gonna be dope we're gonna eat dinner up there and we're gonna hike down uh, the next day we're gonna we got a sick like eight bedroom airbnb with a pool and hot tub on the roof that we're gonna have steak dinner cooked for by chefs on the roof we're gonna do like a cocktail tour and a coffee tour and uh boat across the lake yeah ride atvs boat across the lake and camp at uh, casitas that can only be reached by boat um my man, is, my man is selling hard right now it's gonna be cool this <clears throat> this december huh yeah uh it's like november 30 to december uh five and we, we got, got uh we got like 13 three tickets slots left. and i think yeah i think there's only like three or four left it's well, gonna be sweet maybe we'll talk a little bit after uh after this oh yeah that'd be dope alex and i just realized how much fun travel has been um and we realized that like the community that we've gotten uh when we go to events it's like the content's cool but the people in the community and like the adventure you know that's that's where the real connection is that's where the real magic happens so yeah yeah so i would yeah, like to so give a piece of advice about this for our listeners like who don't especially if you don't have a family and you've not been overseas uh, especially like if you've been overseas in the military it may or may not count but if you've never been like for pleasure there's a there's something it does to your soul my friends and so if you're somebody who's single and you don't have a passport it's like a 100 buck go get one go get your passport and just have it then when an opportunity arises to leave the country like go do it you'll figure out that there's something it's a return on life. It's not a return on investment. It's a return on life in ways that are very, very hard to describe. And, you know, because we live in this interesting, America is an interesting country. It's that it's like landlocked on two sides. And our neighbors to the north and south are places that most people just don't really, it's not that interesting to go. I don't want to go to Canada. I, don't, I mean, I, like, I love Mexico. I, I'll go to Mexico. Um, but it's not, it's not as in, in, intriguing as Spain, Iceland, Germany, South Korea, the Philippines. Bali, Peru, Colombia. And so if you don't, if you haven't traveled, especially with friends, then it's really hard to understand what you're missing, but highly recommend. Um, it's a big, big, big return on life. Oh, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned one place that's <clears throat> up there on my list and that's Bali. Yeah. That's the hot, that's no, the, I, that's the I trend. Considered for a while, uh, retiring and, uh, moving there, uh, as you know, of course, on like a five-year visa, um, if I can get the working one. And if not, uh, I, was, I was trying to convince my wife for us to buy a sailboat, keep it docked out there, rent a villa for the entire time, and then every 29 days sail to Thailand, get our passport stamped, and then come back. But she's not on board for that right now. So Yeah, Bali seems like the place to go with a spouse. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I, well, I wanted to put my kids in the green school there, everything, man. It was like, I thought it was like amazing. Just that whole experience. It's 
I love it. I mean, that's why I love Hawaii. That's why we're staying here. I mean, I, I love living on an island. I love the, uh, it's just different, you know, it's different than anywhere else I've lived. People are, I don't know. Yeah. Hawaii, Hawaii was my favorite duty station, man. People, people, the culture there was, uh, it was really laid back, really chill. It was fun. Island time. Nothing like it. Yeah. Yeah. Although I'll, I'll say though, that Peru, Colombia, I mean, that three weeks was, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll go back. We'll just leave it at that. It was, it was cool. It was it's real different. Cool. It's different traveling for adventure than it is traveling for leisure for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. This is fun. Yeah, Mike, this was a good time. Thanks for joining us yeah, today, absolutely. buddy. Thank you, you for any, having uh, me. This was awesome. Yeah. Where can, uh, where can people get a hold of you? <laughs> uh, I'll just keep it simple. Uh, MikeCavagioni.com. All my links and stuff are there. Um, you can find Average Joe Finances, my podcast editing, um, my coaching, all that stuff. You can find it all there. Easy. And we'll link to that in the show notes. Awesome. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to say? No, because I I just kind of wanted to just have the conversation. I like uh, I like the way you guys do this, man. It's it just it flows. It's natural. It's fun. Um, just a good time having a conversation with two dudes that are like minded and and uh, yeah, I love it, man. Talk about a bunch of random shit. We're a lot of fun. <laughs> just Alex. I'm lame. Correct. No, no, you guys, you guys are great. But uh, Alex is probably one of the most humble people I've ever met. It's true. Um, so yeah, so humble. <laughs> he is more. the humblest. I win. I, I'm, I'm, I win in humility. There's nobody that's been more <laughs> humble than me. Oh man, we should we should probably end on that note. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from militarymillionairecom slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show, give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.